1: What's up, folks? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is, of course, brought to our friends at Tick Pick, which should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Striking Gold podcast and the Blue Wire Network. My name, folks, is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you and my friends over at the B-Dub. And if you are listening to this podcast right now, there's a very good chance that you are not in a great mood. And you're not in a great mood because you just got off one of the worst roller coasters in the NFL, and that is known as the Jimmy Garoppolo experience. It goes up, it goes down. It's super fun one week. It's super horrible the next week. And today we are coming off a horrible trip on the Jimmy Garoppolo experience. It's almost like somebody overnight jumps on, uh, jumps in there, a, me- a mechanic of sorts and, and changes the ride. And one week, the ride is awesome. And then you go back the next week and it's just absolutely horrible. It's bumpy. Uh, it seems like it's about the break. Uh, the screws are loose and you really just don't want to get on it anymore. And then, you know, maybe you'll go back the next week and it'll be a little bit better and, and it'll make you forget about it. But you you don't need me to hear me explain it to you like this. Jimmy Garoppolo was fucking horrible uh against the Titans. <laughs> and 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 I know that one I don't normally cuss and one I'm usually not that blunt. Uh usually there's a little bit more gray area or minutia or something but and rarely do I ever watch a game and take away from that game like, what, what's the best way to say this? Rarely do I watch something unfold and blame one particular player for how it unfolded. Football is a crazy team sport, one of the most intense team sports there is. There's 11 players on the field, on offense, defense, special teams. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. So rarely do I watch a football game and say, oh, well, that's on this player. Well, the. This game, I came, I'm, I'm coming pretty close to just squarely pointing that spotlight on one James Garoppolo because he was just horrible. He was just horrible. And he wasn't horrible because the Titans were good. He was horrible because he was horrible. And, you know, th- there is another element of this game. Like, it really, to me, boils down to two things Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers defense on third down. That's pretty much to me what this entire game boils down to. You know, the 49ers didn't get their ass kicked. They only lost 17 to 20. It's not like they got their ass kicked. It's that they just were feeling it's Christmas. They wanted to give a gift, and they decided to give a a shining new W to the Titans. Because it certainly, it felt less, maybe a little bit towards the end of the game, but it felt less like the Titans taking that win and more like the 49ers just willingly giving it to them. And and, and obviously it goes way, way further than that. And you have to give the Titans credit for making the plays when they need to make the plays and doing what they had to do to win the game. You always have to do that. But anybody who watches that game is not going to come away with, damn, the Titans are good. They're going to come away with, damn, the 49ers shit the bed that's what they're going to come away with and it, and it was clear that that was the case and going back to uh going back to Mr. Garoppolo it, it it really starts for me the week leading up to this game you know Jimmy Garoppolo was very very good he was solid against the Texans you know 18 of 23 almost 80% completion 235 yards a touchdown made some impressive throws along the way uh, but everybody talked about that game as if it was the realization that Jimmy Garoppolo is actually good and we've all been deceived or or something. There was even articles leading up to the game about how the 49ers, you know, rehashing the fact that the 49ers may not get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. They may not move on from him. And all based on this game against a, a poor Falcons team, and What's funny, too, is, and bless his heart, uh, Eric Davis, former 49ers, great, uh, replied to one of my tweets. Let me me go see it. Uh, Let me go find this. I don't tweet that often. I mean, obviously, I just got done tweeting a ton because it's game day, but I need to find this tweet. I need to find this tweet. Give me one second. I know you're literally sitting there listening as I scroll through my phone trying to find a particular tweet that I should have already brought up. But, all right, here it is. Jeff Dini of pro football focus, um, outstanding guy. Follow him at PFF underscore Jeff. He, he basically covers the 49ers from pro football Focus's perspective. And he said, Jimmy Garoppolo PFF grade splits out of 32 QBs in weeks one through seven, Jimmy Garoppolo had a 56.8 grade tied for 28th in weeks eight of fifteen. He's had an 86.5 game tied for first. So my quote tweet around that was, this is the Jimmy Garoppolo experience. You have both ends of the spectrum. He was horrible to start the season. He's been good in the latter half of the season, going all the way through the Falcons game. And uh, good friend, Eric Davis. I've been on his uh, Believe 49ers podcast. Make sure you guys check that out um i believe he's he's with it with uh, Rashawn haylock it's a great podcast those guys do a great job eric davis replied to my tweet and he put weeks one through four kyle trying to figure out when and how to play trey lance weeks five through seven kyle trying to figure out what to do since he can't bench jimmy garoppolo because trey lance is not ready weeks eight through 15 kyle actually game planning for success based on the strengths of jimmy garoppolo and I think that there is a lot of merit to that tweet. And Kyle Shanahan said so himself. He said that he was trying to, you know, he realized it didn't take him long to realize that trying to find ways to get Trey Lance on the field was just throwing off his own rhythm and it made it harder to game plan. It made it harder to predict what the defense was going to do. So eventually he just stopped doing. it. And there really could be a lot of merit to what Eric says. And the fact that that's the reason that Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo has got good over the, uh, you know, last few, four or five games. And, and to me, it, I just never felt like I needed to be that detailed with it. Jimmy Garoppolo got good because that's the Jimmy Garoppolo experience. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo be good before. We've seen him play well for extended periods of time. Maybe not extended. But you know when you're watching Jimmy Garoppolo play and he's playing good that the bad is coming. We had the good last week against a poor Falcons team, and now you got the bad this week against a decent Titans team. It's a Titans team that's, you know, what are they now, 10-5, and five? but they've, I believe they've lost uh, three out of the last four, and they haven't looked good. They're without their centerpiece in Derrick Henry. Yes, they got A.J. Brown back, and that's a big part of this game, but it it wasn't a Titans team that you would expect. It wasn't as as they weren't, they aren't as strong as you would expected looking at the Titans. Let's say you were midway through the season. You looked at the Titans maybe just before they lost Derrick Henry. And you were like, Ooh, that's a tough matchup right there. This was not those Titans. They're just a decent team that uh, is is still going to manage to work their way into the playoffs. So you get bad Jimmy against a team that he probably shouldn't have struggled against, but It really just seemed like Jimmy Garoppolo was hell bent on doing everything he possibly could unintentionally on making this a game. The 49ers came out hot. The 49ers came out hot and they marched right down the field, nine plays, 75 yards, touchdown, boom. And then they, you know, the 49ers defense does well, lets the Titans get to around midfield, Titans punt, 49ers get the ball. And again, right after a nine-play, 75-yard drive, they get eight plays and 57 yards, and they're knocking on the door. They're at the Tennessee eight-yard line. And then Jimmy Garoppolo shows up, and he throws the ball right to a Titans linebacker, covering, well-covering George Kittle. George Kittle was not open, and Jimmy Garoppolo throws it right to him, and that's an interception in the end zone. And the Titans don't take that interception and go score a point, but that's seven points off the board. So, you know, and from there, from that point on, the 49ers did score more points, but from that point on, that really felt like every part, every portion of the game from that point on, Jimmy Garoppolo's end zone interception felt like it was slowly spiraling out of control. The 49ers got a field goal on the next drive. And then they had to punt. Then it was halftime, interception, turnover on downs, punt, a game-winning, game-tying winning game touchdown when you absolutely had to have one. So shout out to that. But too little, too late. What should have been uh, a 31-20 win for the 49ers because the 49ers should have had at least 21-24 20, points in the first half ended up being a 17-20 loss. And, uh, I mean, this kind of sums it up right here. Almost the whole game, the 49ers were 3 of 8 on third down while the Titans were 9 of 16. A lot of that onus falls on the 49ers defense, um, which was really, really good, except for that one important third down. Not just one third down, all of them. While the 49ers were horrible. The 49ers had two turnovers, both uh, squarely on Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulders, and you could kind of go a little further into that, which we will. And the Titans had zero. Again, much better on third down, didn't turn the ball over. And that's it. I mean, that, it really, honestly, it's normally not that simple. And it still isn't, but it seems that way. It seems that way. It, it was just, it, it was bad. So you had George Kittle's end zone interception. That took seven points off the board. Then, I'm not sure if it was the very next drive. I'd have to go in there and find it. But then later on, later in the first half, he missed a wide open Kyle Juszczyk on what would have been a clear and easy touchdown. He overthrows him off to the sideline and and I think Kyle Juszczyk even actually one handed the ball and caught it, but it was out of bounds because Jimmy Garoppolo overthrew him and threw it out of bounds. Wide open, like nobody within 15 yards of him. Jimmy Garoppolo could have just shot put it in his direction, and Kyle Ushak would have found a way to catch it and at least had a big game. But no, Jimmy Garoppolo throws it out of bounds where no player has a chance to catch it, and that's another seven points off the board. So in those two throws right there, Jimmy Garoppolo has cost the team 14 points. He also had another near interception where... The the either the corner or the safety was lining himself up to make the pick. It probably would have been pretty easy, but the linebacker was also in position. So Jimmy Garoppolo essentially threw two picks in one play. The linebacker was also in position trying to catch it, and dropped it. That should have been an interception. Um, I'm not sure what the 49ers went on to do during that drive, but he had that interception. Then it's the 49ers come out to start the 49ers come out to start the third quarter. Uh, I believe the Titans marched right down the field at the start of the third quarter. Yep, they marched right down the field and got a field goal. So now it's ten to three in a game that really, at this point, felt like a twenty-one to three game. Uh, now it's ten to three, and then the 49ers followed. In, in what seemed like a drive. Like, okay, let's keep our lead. Let's extend this lead. Let's keep our cushion. Let's let's drive down the field, make it happen. Jimmy Garoppolo immediately throws an interception. Threw it right to the Titans' safety rather than to Debo Samuel. And, of course, given you started the drive on the 49ers' 18-yard line, the Titans march right down the field and score. Um, the 49ers on the very next drive. Okay, so now you're you're 10-10, to 10 and, and you're like, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo, tighten it down, let's get a drive going here, let's retake the lead. And instead, the 49ers turn the ball over on downs where Jimmy Garoppolo misses a wide-open Brandon Ayuk. Now, I will pump the brakes on the blame game for this play because Brandon Ayuk is running a crossing route. But Brandon Ayuk had just cleared the linebacker, I believe it was. Could have been a safety. doesn't matter. Uh, Linebacker safety, middle of the field, had moved into the open and any further steps he would have taken, it would have been pushing him closer to the corner that was along the perimeter, covering another receiver. So Brandon Ayuk starts to settle, turns, looks for the ball, and Jimmy Garoppolo throws it five feet to his left, and he can't reel it in. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo needed to put that ball on his chest or at least near his body, and uh, would have converted the uh, the fourth and six. The fourth and six that was only a fourth and six because. Trent Williams had a false start on fourth and one. So it it was just, it's just bad, bad football. So now you've got a pick thrown in the end zone, minus seven points. A uh, missed wide open touchdown, now you're at minus 14 points. An interception that directly leads to a touchdown, now you're at minus 21 points, pointed directly at Jimmy Garoppolo. And now, after that missed fourth down throw, a little bit less, you know, you you can chalk more points up to that because that was done at the Tennessee 40. So they were driving the field, would have only taken a little bit more yards to get in field goal range. So there's that. And the Titans go off that turnover on downs and they go right down and score a touchdown, take the lead. Right, now it's 17 to 10. Uh, the 49ers have, you know, they do end up punting. Then they have to make that drive. Uh, they, they, great drive, eight plays, 95 yards for a touchdowns. 56 of those yards came on a, on a short pass to Debo Samuel and just took it to the house uh, or close to the house. You know what I mean? They scored that touchdown shortly after that to a wide open Brandon Ayuk in the end zone. And then the Titans just promptly got the ball at their own 25, went down eight plays, 43 yards, kicked a field goal to win the game. And that was it. A game that should have been out of their reach, but wasn't. Because Jimmy Garoppolo handed away, at least, what did we, what did we end up with a the total there? At least 21 points and on his own merit? It was just a horrible game for Jimmy Garoppolo. And like I said, I don't normally be like, okay, you know, put all the blame in a backpack and hitch it to somebody's shoulders. But that was a bad game for Jimmy Garoppolo. Bad, bad game. You know, and, I, and I'm not even a big, like, put Trey Lance in now guy, but just you could feel the way that game was unfolding, that something had to change, and it didn't. Um, And, and you know, again, we, I, I actually tweeted during that game that the 49ers should give Trey Lance a shot, um, just because you could just feel it. He wasn't seeing the field. He didn't know what he was looking at. He, he was just struggling. With, you know, his balls had – bad phrasing there. His throws had no pop his throws had no pop and it was just looked like he just wasn't confident in what he was doing what he was doing wasn't seeing the field correctly it was a uh it was a rough game for Jimmy Garoppolo um all right real quick let's get a quick word in from TickPick. we'll come back we'll talk a little bit more about Jimmy Garoppolo then we'll talk a little bit about what else uh, led to uh led to that ugly loss for the 49ers 49ers football is back. It may not always be pretty as we can see, but there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. Tick Pick, that's tickpick that's T I C K P I C K is the original no fee ticket site. And the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of your NFL tickets. If you don't believe it, and you can find better prices for the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. We have one more 49ers home game left against the Texans next week. Get on TickPick.com slash gold and get yourself some tickets to that game. If you do, TickPick.com slash gold, as in striking gold, you're going to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. We got one more home game, folks. Get on there, TickPick.com slash gold, and, and be a part of that game.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data,
1: in both his halftime interview and the interview after the game, indicted Jimmy Garoppolo in a way he may or may not have meant to. didn't really matter. The sideline reporter said that at the halftime, at halftime as they went in for the third quarter, Kyle Shanahan just basically said it was blown chances with two turnovers. And it was actually only one turnover at that point. So what he said was blown chances with a turnover in the missed throw. So and and all that Kyle Shanahan was asked is what happened that half? And at that time it was 10 to 0. So that's all that Kyle Shanahan needed to say, really. The 49ers were up 10 to 0. The defense hadn't given up a single point. And the only reason the 49ers didn't have 24 or 21, wh wherever that would add up, was because Kyle Jimmy Garoppolo missed Kyle Uzhek and threw a touchdown in the or excuse me an interception in the end zone. So that's what that you know, that's where Kyle Shanahan was at halftime. And then during Kyle Shanahan's presser after the game, he kind of said more of the same. Let me make sure I find it here. There you go. And one of the first things Kyle Shanahan was asked was about Jimmy Garoppolo's performance. And he said, Yeah, those two turnovers are gonna cost you, but they're not all on him. And yes, they were. <laughs> they, they were 100 percent on Jimmy Garoppolo. So I know Kyle Shanahan's trying to shield Jimmy. Uh, from a little bit of ridicule there, but the two turnovers were 100% on Jimmy Garoppolo, 100%. So, you know, I mean, so you had Kyle Shanahan clearly admitting that this was the, that this was, again, part of the Jimmy Garoppolo experience and that those, now here's where the, that we knew that, those are obvious. We knew that those turnovers were Jimmy Garoppolo's fault and they cost him the game. But here's when the, you know, an even deeper indictment to me comes through and seeps through. And it's obvious. It's not a, it's not a mystery, but Kyle Shanahan was asked why at the end of the second half, when they got the ball with a hundred, with a hundred, a minute and 20 seconds left, why did they just kind of elect to run out the clock before the half? And Kyle, and, and he says in the question, there was 19 seconds left. But had the, the 49ers used their timeouts and managed the clock differently, there would have been a lot more clock left, time left on the clock before he said this. But Kyle Shanahan said there was 19 left, seconds left on the clock, and I didn't want to do to a turnover and give them anything. That was Kyle Shanahan's reason for not pursuing any sort of points with a minute and 20 seconds left on the clock. That's not like a little bit of time. You can drive the field and easily get a field goal, let alone a touchdown on that. I say easily. Obviously, we're not I don't mean easily, but it does happen often. And to me, all I can say is all I did say on my on my Twitter account and I, and if you guys follow me on Twitter or you listen to me on here, I'm really not usually that hard on Jimmy Garoppolo. But all I had to say about this on Twitter was, is if that's how your starting quarterback makes you feel, it is time to move on, period. If you feel like you are afraid to let your starting quarterback cut loose a little bit because you only got a minute and 20 seconds left on the clock, then it is time to move on. I understand you want to preserve Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value. I understand you may not think Trey Lance is completely ready, but... You're paying a $27 million to a quarterback who you don't trust with a minute and 20 seconds left on the clock with your third overall pick that you traded three first-round picks for on the sideline? Where in any world does that make any sense? Where are we and what are we doing? It just... it, it The 49ers have backed themselves into this corner of starting Jimmy Garoppolo or else. And now they're reaping the rewards for it the 49ers are 8 and 7 they're 8 and 7 they're they're the st louis rams under jeff fisher like they're not doing anything special yes they're still in line for a playoffs because a lot of teams have sucked this year or been mediocre but Jimmy Garoppolo has not given the 49ers anything worth $27 million or anything worth sitting your your rookie quarterback for another year after he didn't play for a year. So, you know, it's just unfortunate to see that it's come to this. And, you know, it was – I don't want to be too dramatic. I've already crossed that bridge. I'm already, I'm already being dramatic because, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was decent last week. And he's been decent, you know, the three or four games before that. More than decent. He's been good. But the the long term problem is, is that level of play can't be maintained. He cannot seem to maintain that level of play. He can't be good or great consistently. I don't even want to say great. He can't be good consistently. And that lack of consistency is 50% of the reason that they traded up for Trey Lance. The other half of the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo has basically missed two out of his, out of his four seasons as a starter. I believe it's four, you know, not counting that, that half of the five games. So, you know, and, and uh, it's tough to feel bad for Kyle Shanahan, who I felt like was in his bag in this game. He was calling all sorts of great plays. You could see him, his swagger during that first drive. Like, oh yeah, we know what we're doing. And yeah, those are the scripted plays, but Kyle Shanahan just looked like he knew what he was doing and he knew how to take advantage of this. And Jimmy Garoppolo just could not figure it out. You should see, it's it's out there on Twitter somewhere. You should see Jimmy Garoppolo, or Kyle Shanahan's body language when Jimmy Garoppolo misses Brandon Ayuk on that fourth down throw. I mean, it, it could have been partly body language towards Brandon Ayuk. Should have kept running, should have caught it. Um, but it, it seemed more like body language like, we cannot get past this quarterback. And I didn't see the body language of both of Jimmy Garoppolo's interceptions. All I saw was the missed fourth down throw. I didn't see the body language when he missed Kyle Juszczyk wide open for a touchdown either. So you can probably bet that it wasn't great. So I do not know what it's going to take for the 49ers to entertain the idea of playing Trey Lance. I'm assuming if it was ever going to be entertained, it's not going to be entertained now because the 49ers are you know, right on the cusp of making the playoffs. Uh, they've got the te- Texans next week and the Rams uh, to close the season. And, and I don't know how all this is going to influence their playoffs on odds currently and percentage-wise. I know if the 49ers would have beat the Titans, they would have jumped up to 95% making the playoffs. And now they're at 70%, I believe. So, I mean, the odds are still good that they're going to make the playoffs. But, I mean, are you going to – is right now when the time when you start your rookie quarterback? I don't know. And what's funny, too, is I believe it was uh, Matt Maioca of NBC Sports Bay Area. Everybody knows Matt. Mentioned something about him hearing from a source that Trey Lance has been obliterating the 49ers in practice. And from what we saw from the 49ers secondary, it doesn't actually take much to obliterate the 49ers. But, you know, I mean, I guess that's positivity. But, again, it, it doesn't mean anything. I, I don't. I guess it doesn't. And on the other end of the coin, because you can't not talk about the end, other end of the coin, was the 49ers were absolutely abysmal on third down. Third and, and eight, third and 10, third and 12, third and 23. It did not matter. On my notes, I have third and doesn't matter. So it didn't matter whether it was third and short or third and 23. The Titans were going to find a way to convert. And most of the time, it was to one A.J. Brown who ended the game with 11 catches on 16 targets for 145 yards and a touchdown? Uh, the next person behind AJ Brown in the number of receptions is Westbrook. I can't even pronounce his name. I believe it's their tight end Westbrook. No, it's not their tight end. I can't pronounce this guy's name. Westbrook Ikini had two catches for 38 yards. I, 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 you know, I jumped the shark with trying to pronounce his name. I ruined the punchline. A.J. Brown had 11 catches. The next person behind him had two. There was one person you had to worry about running routes, and it was A.J. Brown. And the 49ers' defense could not figure it out. I tweeted that I, 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 the 49ers should cover A.J. Brown, but I don't think they have two people on defense capable of doing that. And I said two people for a reason. They I, and then what's funny is one of the replies was, "Oh well, they they should just they should just double him." And I was like, "That's that's the joke, dude." Like, it, it's you know they don't have two guys that can do it. Yeah, they can double him, but would it have mattered? It, it sure didn't look like it. And AJ Brown definitely got away with. He had he had that big forty-something yard completion on Ambry Thomas, where to me it was pretty obvious that he pushed off. Should have been offensive pass interference. And that's A.J. Brown for you. He's a big-ass dude. He was the one in the picture with D.K. Metcalf, and he's almost the same size. And then you had another one where I don't know who it was covering him, but he basically just picked up the DB and chucked him onto the ground and was wide open when he caught the ball. Yeah, no shit, he threw the DB on the ground, and they didn't call pass interference on that one either. And even Greg Olson on the uh, on the commentary was like, eh, ah, probably should have been offensive pass interference. But, hey, A.J. Brown's big and powerful. Yeah, okay. So, you know, and, and the 49ers defense allowing the Titans to convert on 9 of 16 third downs, that's that's rough. That's rough. And, and to go along with the fact that the defense couldn't get off the field on third down, the 49ers pass rush was not good enough. And it, it wasn't that they were horrible. They had four sacks, which is – decent that's a solid game the titans only had two but i believe the entire right side of the titans might have been the left side the entire left side or it doesn't matter was was backups and one of the other ones was hurt the the titans were fielding a patchwork offensive line and the defense just didn't really seem like they could influence the game how you thought they were going to So that's kind of another reason that the Titans were able to be so good on third down. But at the same time, like, man, it was you had Josh Norman playing 15 yards off of A.J. Brown. You had zone coverage where basically three defenders covering grass would just watch while the pass got completed. You had Fred Warner 30 yards deep in coverage, so they just threw it underneath him into the huge zone that he vacated for, you know, an easy 15, 20 yards. At one point, Fred Warner was pursuing a run, going to the right. He slowed down to run behind one of his teammates. He pushed that teammate forward into a blocker and then still got beat around the edge. Like, it was like he was pushing the teammate into the blocker to preserve his ability to scrape along the the offensive, you know, the offensive front, and he still got beat around the corner. Uh, And then I believe that Fred Warner missed the tackle on the, Ryan Tannehill scramble that basically iced the game and put him in field goal position, and so Fred Warner's weird and oddly inconsistent and uh, regression season kind of just continues. He, I remember mentioning if you're an avid listener of the podcast, avid listener of the podcast, you probably remember me mentioning Fred Warner like towards the beginning of the season after like five or six games, like, hey, keep an eye on Fred Warner because something's up. He's not playing good. And, um, you know he's this I don't know if this was a great game for him, but i don't I don't want to act like that one play or those couple plays were the whole game for Fred Warner but um, you know, I'm trying to look through my notes, see if there's anything positive to take away from this. One of the saddest stats on this game was George Kittle, the last he i mean he finished the game with three targets and two catches for 21 yards. What did he have last week against the Falcons? Six catches for 93 yards, and then I think the week before that, let's let's take a trip over there real quick, against the Bengals. He had 13 catches for 150 yards, and you tell me you're going to be up against a playoff-bound Titans team and you're going to give George Kittle two, three targets and two catches? And the saddest part about that is, on Jimmy Garoppolo's horrible throw to George Kittle in the end zone in what I believe, let's go to the possessions here, was, no, still the first quarter. That is the last time George Kittle was targeted. With four minutes and 10 seconds left. No, one minute and 31 seconds left in the first quarter. That was the last time George Kittle was targeted. I don't know if that's on Kyle or that's on Jimmy, but that is a damn shame. It just makes no sense. It makes no sense.
2: You ready?
0: Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy.
2: We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes.
1: So obviously, like I was saying, the majority of the, the fault, the, the the blame game, if you will, falls on Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers' inability to get off the field on third down. And even the 49ers' special teams continued to struggle. On the opening kickoff, uh, the Titans got out to the 40-yard line. Mitch Wisnowski shanked a punt. Shanked a punt that allowed the Titans to start on the 49ers 45-yard line. Luckily, the 49ers defense still felt like playing at that point in the game, and they were able to, uh, to force the punt to keep the score uh, at zero before the half. Big, big day for Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel was huge today. I'm going to try and throw in some positive things. Debo Samuel had nine catches for 159 yards. He also had five carries for 32 yards. So big game for Debo Samuel, who again, uh, just has established himself as the absolute power unit of this 49ers offense. Brandon Ayuk had a decent game, four catches for 40 yards. um, And he did have that touchdown where he was wide open in the back of the end zone to tie up the game. Kyle Juszczyk had a good game. He had three catches for 45 yards and he should have had three catches. He should have had four catches for about, 85 yards and a touchdown, but Jimmy Garoppolo missed him on that wide open play. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. did a decent job pounding the rock. He had 14 carries for 45 yards. That's only 3.2 average, but a lot of those plays were just real, real hard yards. And uh, I, I mean, I don't have the, the splits as far as how many times the 49ers threw and run the, ran the ball uh, in the second half, but it looked like they really got away from the run on the the second half. And, And I don't necessarily blame them. They, you know, the game, you could just feel it. You could feel it starting to get out of hand. Even when the 49ers were still winning, you could feel the game starting to get out of hand. So, you know, Hey, and if you want another positive, the 49ers have been absolutely horrible in the fourth quarter for quite a while. And at least they scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but they lost the game. In the second half, the 49ers went interception turnover on downs punt, touchdown end of game the titans went field goal touchdown touchdown punt field goal that's how you lose a football game right there folks you get outscored 20 to 7 in the second half 20 to 7 so i mean that's pretty much it that's pretty much it you know you don't have to go that deep into it i'm trying to give you some of my own thoughts I mean, I guess I've been giving you my own thoughts this whole time. But just kind of like, what do you take away from a game like this? What do you take away from another bright and shining example of the Jimmy Garoppolo experience? You know, are the 49ers wasting time right now because they're basically rolling with a quarterback that really gives their – it's limiting their offense. It's limiting their offense. Jimmy Garoppolo is not – he's not the reason they're having success. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that when Jimmy Garoppolo has success, he's just executing Kyle Shanahan's offense, how he's meant to, you know, how many times have you seen Jimmy Garoppolo make a play where you're like, that's Jimmy Garoppolo right there. You know, there's definitely some of them where you're looking at that throw like, man, how did he make that throw? But how often does it look like that, if we're being honest? And I may be glossing over something, but it really just always looks like Jimmy Garoppolo hitting somebody who's supposed to get the ball, who Kyle Shanahan has gotten open, who now gains a lot of yards running. You know, so it's tough to even know how much praise to heap on Jimmy Garoppolo when the 49ers have success. But it's so clear when he's the reason they're not having success. Jimmy Garoppolo is like a race car with a, a governor on it. You know, it, it, it literally is limited and you know it and you're just trying to make the best of it. And how long are the 49ers going to roll with this? I mean, is this just the Jimmy Garoppolo or bust season? You know, is, is there even the the idea that, that Jimmy Garoppolo could do something that would usher in Trey Lance? Because when he threw that interception to open up the third quarter, and on the very next drive, Mix missed and opened Brandon Ayuk to convert on fourth down. You know, after earlier in the after in the first half throwing that end zone interception, missing Kyle Usick wide open, if that kind of you know, if that kind of uh, cascade of of poor play doesn't prompt you to put in your third overall pick quarterback, then I'm assuming it's it might be safe to say it's not gonna happen. So the 49ers are just hoping that against better teams, if they make it into the playoffs, Jimmy Garoppolo is somehow going to get his shit together. And and again, I can't even say too much about that because I don't know if Trey Lance is going to give you a better product. We just haven't seen him play. So I I don't want to rail against the Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance thing. It's just clear that the 49ers are being held back by Jimmy Garoppolo uh, at this point. And you know, everybody was so up at arms about the Falcons game and how Jimmy Garoppolo played good. And then, and he did, he did, he definitely made some throws, but it, again, it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo is running around making these crazy ass throws and he's 100% the reason the 49ers are winning. A lot of things are working for him. I mean, God damn. Jimmy Garoppolo has George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. How many teams have a better combination than that? Tight end, wide receiver, wide receiver. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs, maybe Hill, Travis Kelsey, and whoever else you want to throw in there. I know there's some I'm forgetting about, but how many teams have a better combination than that? Jimmy Garoppolo should be playing well. And the fact that those players are on this offense and they're not just deleting teams and they're not putting up more than 17 points against what looked like a pretty piss poor Titans defense for a while. That's a problem. That's a problem and I, I guess the 49ers have already admitted Jimmy is not the answer and that's why Trey Lance is on this team but now it's like they you know it's it's like they know they're in a bad relationship that they just can't shake like something keeps bringing them back to that person and you know what whatever you want to call that relationship it's just toxic and the 49ers found that out against a good team in a game that should have been very winnable 49ers should have won 31 to 20. They should have won 34 to 20. Obviously, once you start scoring points, the whole rest of the game unfolds differently. But it shouldn't have been particularly close, and it was because Jimmy Garoppolo felt like, you know, playing like shit, and that's that is what it is. Let me scroll through my notes. I don't. I just don't want to miss anything. Oh, you know what I want to talk about? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna end this pod with a little shout out towards Trent Williams, who killed a drive by being flagged for a face mask penalty on a defensive player that committed offsides that was going to get a free rush and hit on Jimmy Garoppolo. And I understand that at no point should a player just grab the other player's face mask, but there has to be a way to like evaluate a situation like that and make a common sense decision. From a referee standpoint, this uh, this defensive player jumped off sides. The play wasn't blown dead, so this offense offsides player was going to get a direct shot at Jimmy Garoppolo's blind side. And Trent Williams' only reaction that he could you know could muster from this offsides player that got a ridiculous head start was to throw his arms out there, and he caught his face mask. And eventually I think he got his hands on his shoulder pads and kind of just like pushed him. But there has to be a way to look at that situation. And I mean, I I guess it's not, they want to keep it black and white. There has to be a way to look at that situation and say, the only reason Trent Williams face masked this guy is because he went off sides and Trent Williams felt like he had to protect his quarterback somehow. Instead, it just ends up being a face mask on Trent Williams that supersedes all other penalties it didn't, it didn't wipe them out. They just ignored the offsides and gave Trent Williams a face mask, which makes no sense. But once I saw the replay of that, I was like, who gives a shit of Trent Williams face mask? The guy, the guy's about to get a free shot on the quarterback. And that was all he could do to react, you know, in that moment. It's just, I get it. They want it to remain black and white at no point. Should you just face mask somebody? It's about player safety. I get that. And I mean that, but it was just, you could look at it and you could be like, this is this is why he did it right there because that guy was off sides. He didn't do it because he wanted to do it. It's Trent Williams. He'll beat your ass without, you know, he could probably beat that guy's ass with one hand tied behind his back. But it was just like, so you're, you're, the end result of this guy being offsides is that Trent Williams gets a face mask penalty. Like, it just, it should have at the very least offset and and the, the refs should have been able to kind of, I don't know, take in that situation and. You know, it was just—it was just funny to see Trent Williams get blamed for that play when it was so clear what he was doing and why he did it. So, shout out to you, Trent Williams. You freaking silverback, absolute beast. It, that ain't on you, man. That ain't on you. I—I I want to finish with that, and maybe that's kind of a positive-ish note. But Trent Williams needs to have that face masking penalty sponged from his record, expunged or whatever that word is. Get rid of it because he took one for the team right there, and he saved Jimmy Garoppolo's ass from a player that was breaking the rules to begin with. So that's my that's my defense of Trent Williams is would the jury find him guilty or innocent? I don't know. I guess they've already found him guilty. But y'all know what I'm saying. Hey, Sorry you had to watch that game tonight, guys. I'm apologizing for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. I'm, I'm apologizing for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers third down defense sorry you guys had to endure that endure that there's a lot of good players on this 49ers team I feel like this 49ers team should be better than it is but um you know it is what it is we've watched how this season's unfolded we've seen how the roster moves have kind of resulted in you know some some areas on the team that are that are exposed you know mainly cornerback and then obviously another big roster decision was to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo even after you know you were fully experiencing the the jimmy Garoppolo uh you know, fully experiencing the Jimmy Garoppolo experience. I mean, that's me butchering the English language, but y'all know what I'm saying. No matter what, the 49ers might not appreciate you, but I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Striking Gold podcast. Thank you for being here. We are approaching episode 200, and, uh, and that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, at no point in my time coming up in the 49ers media world did I think I would be uh, sitting here getting to talk 49ers football with you guys. You know, it just wasn't something I'd envision. And uh, I remember when I first got that phone call to join the Striking Gold podcast, I was like, uh, have you heard my voice? I don't think people want to listen to me talk about the 49ers. Yet here we are. And despite the fact that uh, we haven't d- decided on a new co-host yet, y'all are still here. You're still listening. And I freaking appreciate that. I really do. I really do. So thank you for sticking with the Striking Gold podcast. And I guess thank you for sticking with the 49ers in relation because uh, they don't always earn that approval. Uh, Hopefully we see a much, 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 much better and more dominant performance next week at home at Levi Stadium against the lowly Texans. If we don't, raise the alarms because we're in trouble. Uh, Again, tickpick.com backslash gold. Um, Get yourself some tickets to that home game, last one of the year. Again, appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. I'm Rob, this is Strike Gold, and for another episode, we are signing out.